What's up guys and welcome to episode 2 of Inside the Octagon. In today's episode we go over UFC Fight Night 218 and the long anticipated bout between Alex Volkanovski and Islam Makachev. Okay, so UFC Fight Night 218 was a pretty good card. Um, it was like the end of the Korean Tough. It was like a tourney. They gave out like four titles and four contracts. So we're just going to run through some of these fights and talk about the main points of the big ones. So you had Tatsuro Tyra versus Jesus Aguilar. Tyra won by armbar in round one. Uh, Jun Young Park or the Iron Turtle versus I don't want to say his name because I'm going to butcher that Dennis Tululian uh, Park won round one by Rear Naked Choke Song Guk Choi versus Hyun Sung Park Park won by Rear Naked Choke in round three he was the first he's the first South Korean flyweight he was also the first ever road to the UFC winner which is pretty cool so that's pretty good Thing to hang on your mantle, I think, right? The road to UFC. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this dude yeah. right here. So Toshiomi Kazama versus Rini Nakamura. So Toshiomi Kazama said that if he didn't win this fight, he was gonna he was gonna hang up his gloves. He was done with the UFC, and uh, he got knocked out in like thirty two seconds. This is the second fastest knockout. So I, I guess he's done. <laughs> in bantamweight history, it's it also in my opinion, it's also the fight of the night. It was a pretty crazy knockout, and this dude. Rini Nakamura, he needs to be very careful in the future, in my opinion, because he walked in there and just let it all go. Like, he... The 30 seconds felt like 17 minutes. He was just throwing bombs. It was crazy. Uh, the next fights were pretty cool. Uh, the one I do want to talk about is the Jekasar guy versus Anshul Jubilee. Uh, Anshul Jubilee is the second... Second ever Indian-born UFC fighter ever. Ever. Which is pretty fucking cool. Um, he also won by TKO in round two. So, um, you know, let's talk about the main event of that card. Of that UFC Fight Night 218. Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. What's left for Derek Lewis? Being one in three in your last four most people are leaning towards you know going out the door i mean who else is one in three except i mean you don't say conor mcgregor because that's not fair yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> Derek lewis doesn't have the fan base that conor has and my i don't mean I, I could be wrong again because you know we don't have the numbers for fan bases but Derek lewis is not as big as a name as conor yeah I, I agree conor's a lot bigger um but yeah, Sergey is a problem. When you can make someone like Derek Lewis tap in three minutes into the first round, and it wasn't like it wasn't like a spoof where he knocked him down and just jumped on him. He was dragging him down the whole the whole fight. It was nuts. But yeah, I guess it'll be interesting to see what happens with Derek Lewis in the coming the coming weeks or coming days when the UFC decides what they're gonna do with him. I don't. I at this point, I don't. I don't know. 
what they do with him, to be honest with you. Is there any uh, good good last matchups, you think? I don't know, man. Like, you can't put him against the winner of Surreal Gone versus John Jones. Or the loser at that point. You couldn't do that either because if Surreal Gone loses, he already lost. Derek Lewis already lost to him. If John Jones loses, that's an unfair matchup for Derek Lewis. Yeah. If Ty again, maybe? They're both coming off of losses. But Ty lost. I mean, Derek lost to him too, but Ty lost to Surreal Gone. And then Derek Lewis, or Derek Lewis lost first, but then Ty. But they both, lo- they both lost to him anyway. Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't know who you would put Derek Lewis against for a redemption fight. Start with Ty and work his way up. I mean, that's true. I don't know. I guess it'll be interesting to see. All right. Now let's move into UFC 284 and talk about these guys. This card has four canceled fights, one of them being Whitaker and Costa. Yeah, I was pretty upset about that. I really wanted Whitaker to fight in, at home like he's been talking about, and especially against Costa because that dude's becoming very, very, very annoying. <laughs> All right, so the first fight we got, Sabira Tekorio Tekogov. Wow, that's a mouthful. And Elvis Brenner. Now, Elvis, this will be Elvis Brenner's debut in the UFC. He's a champion in another league. I don't remember the name of the league, but he's a champion in another league. Um, but this will be his debut in the UFC, and I think he's going to win. I I disagree. I, I think Tucky Gobbs got it. All right, so judging from stats... Uh, Tucky Gov's 20 and 5. And uh, a lot of the ones he wins, I wouldn't say a lot. About half the ones he wins are uh, TKOs. And I'm not saying that. Uh, what is it? Uh, Elvis? Elvis. Elvis can. Uh, he, I guess he could probably stay on top of him and keep him down the whole fight. But. We've seen before that that won't necessarily stop from getting punches in, and I think Tucky Gobb's that kind of guy. He'll keep hitting no matter where he's at on the map. He's but he's three and two in his last five. Well, technically two and two with one draw in his last five. So the guy also has a hundred percent takedown defense. Tucky Golf. he has a hundred percent takedown defense, and his average fight time is twelve minutes and thirteen seconds. Yeah, but again, I have I have Brenner on this fight, so we're gonna see. The next fight is Shane Young versus Blake Bilder. Builder. I'm gonna go. I I got Shane Young on this one solely because now he is two and three in his last five, coming off a loss against Morales, and Blake Bilder. Builder is coming off of a win. With three minutes and fourteen seconds, so so 
said you're going for builder? No, young. Shane right. Young. Well, I'm not just, you know, going opposite of you to have like a podcast about it or anything, but I, I got builder on this this one. Then we got Loma Luke Boonmi. And is it Ellie Elise Reed? Elise Reed. Cool. So I don't I don't know about this one. Like I don't think I've ever seen Loma finish a fight. I think it's always gone to decision when she fights. Um she does have really good striking accuracy. But I think I'm gonna go with Elise Reed on this one. I'm leaning more towards uh Luke Boonmi. I'm gonna call Elise Reed by by submission at least I think it'll be Luke Boonmi by uh decision. Decision. <laughs> decision. Yeah. I think it's gonna be Elise Reed by submission mid second round. Then we got Jack Jenkins and Don Shanus. Going opposite on that too, I got Jenkins. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna go Shane's or Shanus. Jack Jenkins is coming off of a win. And Don Shanus is coming off a loss. But Don Shanus's average ring time, like average fight time, is 30 seconds. <laughs> Just keep that in your, your prefrontal cortex, buddy. <laughs> that 30 seconds is for his lost time. Yeah. <laughs> then we got my... My favorite lightweight, Jamie Malarkey, against Francis Prado, Francisco Prado. It's also Francisco Prado's debut in the UFC. Well, I uh, I got Prado on that one. I, obviously, I said my favorite lightweight, so yeah, definitely yeah. going with Jamie Malarkey. Um, then we got Shannon Ross and Claydon Rodriguez. Um, I, I got Shannon Ross in this one. I, I'm not doing this on purpose. <laughs> wow, you switched again? Are you are you going the other way? You Claydon Rodriguez? Yeah. But wow. My picks are right here. Okay. I, I did this they're, earlier. They're both coming off a loss, so yeah. I mean. Um. Now the one thing see, I can looks... say about Rodriguez is he's way more active when it comes to strikes. Um, it, it looks like Ross is kind of more rounded with uh, submissions and yeah. TKOs. Rodriguez's average fight time is also 15 minutes. So. Nothing wrong with taking full time. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Josh Kulaibo and Melsic. Bagdasarian. Yeah, Bagdasarian. Wow. I got Kulabo. That's where I was gonna go. That's where I was going with. All right. Finally, you know. But agree. Melsic is on three fight win streak. So it's gonna be pretty fun to watch that one. And it's Southpaw versus Orthodox. So. This is one of the ones I was pretty pretty happy about to see happen. Tyson Pedro, Modestus. Um, 
Now Modesto is on a three fight losing streak. He's actually one and three in his last four. And Tyson Pedro is three and two in his last five. Um I'm gonna go with Modestus. That's I, I have Modestus also. Although Tyson Pedro is way like twice as active when it comes to striking against Modestus. He's like twice as active. So My favorite light heavyweight, Jimmy Crute, against Alonzo Minifield. Obviously, I said it again, my favorite light heavyweight, Jimmy Crute. That's who's, Jimmy Crute's going to knock this dude out within two rounds. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. Or your money back. Okay? If you pay for the pay-per-view, if Jimmy Crute loses, I'll give you your money back. Oh, I, I didn't see that Jimmy Crute had those nerdy tattoos. I, yeah. I should have went with him. <laughs> nerdy tattoos. <laughs> I'm, I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> uh, Do you know who Jimmy Crute's last loss was against? I think we've only seen Jimmy Crute. It was Crute. Jamal Hill, who is now the light heavyweight champion. And then before that... He lost to uh, Anthony Smith. And before that, he beat Buscakis. So, Jimmy Crute all the way. Team Crute. Justin Taffa and Parker Porter. This was a hard one for me to pick because I really like Justin Taffa and I really like Parker Porter. But... Parker Porter's old when it comes to fighters. So he was born, he's like 36, 37, something like that. And Justin Taffa's like 27, 28. So there's a significant difference there. So I'm going to go with Justin Taffa all the way. I have Taffa also. Then we have Jack Medellana versus Randy Brown. Now... Jack has a home court advantage because he's fighting and I'll show you where he's from. So, Jack is also on a four-fight win streak. Does. So is Randy Brown. Um, I'm going to go with Jack. I also have Jack and I... Now we got Yair Rodriguez and Josh Emmett. Now... From the last episode, if you remember, I said I don't really know anything about these guys. Yeah. So I've done my research. Apparently, they're a lot bigger deal than I thought they were, to be 100% honest with you. This is this is an interim title fight, and I didn't know about it. Like, I'm going to go Yair Rodriguez all the way. I was going in it. I think... Now, here's here's my thought, okay? After watching replays and remembering fights of Josh Emmett, my heart says that if he loses this fight, his gloves are going to be at center octagon. You think so? I don't think he's got. I don't think he's got in him to make another title run because he's late thirties again. Yeah, I can see it happening. But I got your Rodriguez. Good luck to both of them. But I have your Rodriguez. 
Now we talk about the meat and potatoes of UFC 284. I am Team Volk all the way. 100% no matter who he fights, Volk's going to win. It was... It was rough for me to uh, decide on this one, but I think I'm leaning more towards Volk. So, I don't know. I just feel like Islam is underestimating Volk. Like, I think he, he thinks he's going to take him down and is just going to live there. But he did. They He literally just said, like, two hours ago that he wants to switch the narrative and he wants to knock Volk out. Possible. Yeah. Highly unlikely. This dude's head's the size of a pea. And he's bald, so he's going to sweat. That Vaseline's going to make him slick. You're not knocking him out. But Alex is on, what, a 22-fight win streak? And Islam's on an 11-fight win streak? So Alex has the oomph behind him, if you will. But the thing going against him is we haven't seen a lot of fighters go up a weight class and make it. That's true. There's been a few, but we've seen it happen... A couple times over the past few years and only, only seen one of them make it. It is true. But I think Alex has that drive. Like, But he doesn't have much more to prove in the featherweight <clears throat> division. He's beaten everybody. Like I said last time, he literally picked apart Max Holloway. And Max Holloway is arguably the best boxer in the UFC. And he picked him apart. When he fought Brian Ortega, Brian Ortega had him in like three different submissions. And he got out of every single one of them and beat the brakes off of Brian Ortega. So what it's coming down to is if Islam, who submits a lot, has good accuracy. And if Volk can stay stay up with the yeah. heavier class. So I think, I think what it's going to come down to is if Volk gets taken down, he's going to have to get up immediately. He doesn't want to stay on the ground with Islam. Which I don't think he's going to tap. I think he will go to sleep before he taps. But he doesn't want to. He doesn't want that fight to live on the ground. Because Islam's super strong. And he's he's a lightweight. 155, I mean, you wouldn't think 155 to 145. You wouldn't think that's a big weight difference. But 10 pounds is a lot. The Volk's uh, takedown defense. Is that pretty good? This seventy-three uh, I'm I'm still sticking with Volk, but yeah, he too. has a challenge ahead of him. I think. Yes, and I think Islam, Islam and Habib are well, not really so much Habib, but Habib did say that he said stuff. I think they're underestimating him because he's small compared to them, and they're from fucking Dagestan, dude. Those dudes are that's a that's a different breed of person, like. Habib was wrestling bears when he was like eight years old. <laughs> Where else do you do that except Dagestan? All right, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, join us every Sunday and Wednesday for new episodes, new content. Uh, be on the lookout for guests because we got that coming. That's pretty interesting. I'm pretty happy about that. Um, in the meantime, follow us on Facebook. That's going to do it. All right. This has been Inside the Octagon. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe for new episodes every Wednesday. My name is the Bruce.